Good evening, my name is Jeff. It's my privilege to uh, come to now the third in our four-talk series on this topic of expressive individualism. So you remember uh, talk number one, we talked about what is expressive individualism. Then talk number two, we talked about the Christian alternative, the Christian, the Christian view of identity. Well, that brings us to our talk today, talk three. In this one, we're going to we're going to compare and contrast talks one and two. So compare and contrast expressive individualism with a Christian view of identity. And we'll think about how it can help us to understand and engage with people in our culture. Now, again, I should say, I should say that this talk is not going to be like the normal talks that we have in church. Normally, we just get the Bible and we read it and we try to work out what it means. So we're not quite there yet, Luke. I'll come to it in a moment. Sorry, I've... I should say also that I've changed the script completely. If you're following a script, you're going to be really confused for the first half of the talk tonight. It's all different. Uh, second half of the talk it will, will be the same, but I've changed it all from, from this morning. Um, normally, we read through the Bible, try to understand what it means, think about how it applies to us. This talk's different. We're not starting with the Bible. We're starting with this topic of expressive individualism. Let's ask God to help us. Let's pray. A gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your mercy and kindness to us in the Lord Jesus. We ask that you help us now as we think about expressive individualism and how it compares with a Christian view of identity. We help us please to delight in who we are in Christ and help us to engage helpfully with our culture. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, Luke. So this talk, we're going to compare and contrast expressive individualism with the Christian view of identity. Now, next screen, you can see that uh, I want to talk about four contrasts. There are stacks and stacks of things that we could look at, but I just want to look at four contrasts between these two ideas. The first one is where to look for your identity. Second one, how to look for your identity. Third one, how to live out your identity. And fourthly, how to live together. So where to look for your identity, how to look for your identity, how to live it out, and how to live together. Those are the contrasts that we're going to be thinking about. And then second half of the talk, we'll talk about how might understanding this help us to engage with our culture? So let's look at these four points in turn. Uh, point number one, where to look for your identity. So in the first talk, we covered what expressive individualism is, and we worked with a definition by Carl Truman. Thanks, Luke. Uh, here's the definition again. It's from the book Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. The real identity of an individual is to be found in the inner psychological autobiography. And the authentic individual is one who behaves outwardly in accordance with this inner psychological nature. So, if we're thinking about where to look for your identity, the answer for expressive individualism is inside yourself. You look inside yourself to find out who you really are. Now, of course, we have relationships, and of course we have a story, we have a history, and we have a future. But the thing is, this theory, expressive individualism, says those things are not fundamental. Fundamentally, you're an individual who happens to be in relationships and happens to have a story. But your relationships and your story are not really who you are. In fact, they can be a distraction from you finding out who you are. But with Christian identity, as we saw in our second talk, we, we don't just look within. We look in probably three directions. So thanks, Luke. Uh, and in each of these directions, as we look, we can see both a human and a divine aspect. So we talked about how we can look inside ourselves as Christians, and we see that. I'm a unique individual, made body and soul, and made in the image of God. That's who I am in myself. But I'm not just who I am in myself, I'm also who I am in relationship. If I look around, I see that I am who I am in relationship with other people and with God. So I'm a child of God, and 
child of my parents and a father of my children and a pastor of a church. So my relationships are who I am. And then thirdly, we talked about looking backwards and forwards. And we said that I am who I am because of my story and because of Jesus' story. The thing is, for us as Christians, who we are in relationship is no less real than who we are as isolated individuals. That flows from the nature of God as Trinity. God is truly one, but truly Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, I am truly Jeff and truly Carmelina's husband and Joel Daniel Joshua and Bianca's dad. Those things are equally real about me. Uh, Similarly, our story of being forgiven sinners, united to Jesus so that we're God's beloved children on our way to heaven, that is just as truly who we are as any individual aspect of our identity. We are truly children of God. And so the difference between expressive individualism and Christianity is that it gives a, Christianity gives a more multifaceted answer to the question. How do you look for your identity? Where do you look for your identity? Expressive individualism just gives you that one simple answer in yourself. But Christianity is a much, much richer answer. In yourself, yes, but also looking around and looking at your story. Okay, that was the first point. Where to look for your identity. Thanks, Luke. Second big difference that I want to talk about between expressive individualism and Christian identity is how you look for your identity. How do do you find it? And the the simplest way I can express the difference is this. In expressive individualism, the idea is that we create our own identity. We can be who we want to be, who we make ourselves. But for Christians, God has made us and we need to discover who we are. That's the difference. Create who you are versus discover who you are. Get the difference? Let's talk more. Let me explain. Expressive individualism doesn't doesn't believe in God. It doesn't take God into account. In our modern culture, people don't see themselves as having been created by God. They see themselves as having... I don't know, evolved from monkeys or something like that. And they don't think that God has created an objective reality around us. And so there's no objective meaning or truth to be discovered about our existence or our purpose. Instead, we create our own meaning. We create our own identity. Again, we see it in the, uh, in the definition that we've been working with of expressive individualism. Thanks, Luke. The real identity of an individual is to be found in the inner psychological autobiography. You know what an autobiography is? where you write your own story. That's the idea. You can write your own story. You can be who you want to be. You create your own identity. Philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre also put this very clearly. He said this, there is no human nature because there's no God to have a conception of it. Man is nothing else but that which he makes of himself. You get the picture? There's no God. There's no objective reality. So I can be who I I can create my own identity within. And if you'd have tried to tell me that I'm wrong or that I'm not living in line with reality, that's not a question of truth. That's just you trying to impose your opinion on me. That's just you trying to exert your authority, your your power over me. It's you, you oppressing me or something like that. You're trying to force your opinion on me. So that's the expressive individualist idea. You create your own identity. But with Christians, we believe there is a God. We believe God created this universe. We believe God created us. We believe reality is real because God made it. And so if I want to find out who I am, I don't make it up. If I want to find out who I am, I need to understand who God made me to be. 
How do I find out who God made to, me to be? Oh, I find it out in his word and I found it, find it out in the reality that he has created. So, for example, my body is real, made by God, just as real as what I feel inside. Another example, my relationships are real, given to me by God, just as truly a part of my identity as anything I might feel inside me. Because Christians believe in God, because we believe in an external reality, we believe that we discover who we are. We can't just make it up. Yep, still with me? Okay, so this bit's a little bit difficult, these first four points, but I think it's important that we grasp the contrast. So contrast number one was where you look. Expressive individualism says just inside. Christianity says inside and around and forward and back. Second one, how do you find out? Expressive individualism says you've got to make it up. You've got to create your own identity, whereas Christianity says, no, you've got to discover who God made you to be. That's two contrasts so far. Third contrast, how do you live out your identity? What's... What's the purpose of, of, of your? What's, what's the purpose of life? Now for expressive individualists, the goal of life is to be authentic. That's what will help you to live your best life, your your happiest life. Your happiness will come through being authentic, and that means you have to be on the outside who you feel you are on the inside. If we have a look at our definition again, second sentence there, the authentic individual is one who behaves outwardly in accordance with this inner psychological nature. So you want to be really happy, you want to live a fulfilling life, you need to look inside, find your identity or create your identity, and then you need to show it to the world, live it out to the world. That, that is authentic, true, best living, heroic living in expressive individualism. But for a Christian... The purpose of, of life is very, very different. And the thing that will, uh, that will make life worth living and make life right is very different. We are, we believe, God's created, saved, beloved children. He made us and he made us to love and obey him. And we are accountable to him. And so the purpose of life is not to express who you feel you are on the inside. No, the purpose of life is to please God and be holy. We saw this very clearly in 2 Corinthians, the book that we just looked at, chapter 5, verse 9. The Apostle Paul says, We make it our goal to please the Lord, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We can make it our goal to please the Lord. And so what that means is if who I am inside myself is not pleasing to the Lord, I don't express it outwardly, I need to change it. I need to repent. Similarly, from Colossians chapter, chapter 3, again, notice this is because, because we're united with Christ, therefore we should live our whole lives to please God. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is. Sit at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, who are we? As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, what should we do? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever you say, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in a way that Jesus would want you to do it, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, for Christians, the goal of life is to please God. He made us. He saved us. He loves us. Our identity is found in him. And so we live out our identity by living for the Lord, obeying God, loving God, worshipping God. So that's three contrasts so far. Where do you look? How do you look? 
And then how do you live? Brings us to our final contrast, how to live together. For an expressive individualist, the best thing for people to do is to live authentically, to express outwardly who they feel they are on the inside. And so the best thing we can do for each other is to help each other to live out who we feel we are on the inside. And so the best society will help people to express their individualism. We come back to our, uh, our definition again. The real identity is to be found in the inner psychological autobiography. The authentic individual behaves outwardly in accordance with this inner psychological nature. And so the best society is a society that helps people to express their individuality. The best education is an education that teaches people how to, how to create their identity and express it. The best religion is a religion where people can gather together and help each other to express their true identity. You see what that means? Society is not meant to impose some rules or norms. No, no. Society exists to facilitate individual happiness. Society's job is to help people flourish by enabling them to express to the world who they are on the inside, similarly with education, similarly with religion. But for a Christian, the institutions of society have a very different purpose. They are given by God... They're created by God and they're given by God to help us live for him, to help us further the common good. Uh, there's an excellent book by Nancy Piercy called Love Thy Body. Thanks, Luke. And uh, she puts it this way. She puts it very clearly. She says, God established marriage, family and church and state, and he defined their essential nature and their tasks and their responsibilities and moral norms. So God says how you should do marriage. God says how you should live your family. God says how you should run your church. God says how, you, how your society should function. God is the one who establishes these norms. They're given by God. And for Christians, we should obey God and submit to these institutions. So from 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You see, God's plan, everyone be saved, come to a knowledge of the truth. God's plan for us, live in godliness and holiness, and so we need to submit ourselves to the authorities as they further the common good. Okay, you're asleep, wake up, come back to me. Can you see these four big contrasts? Where do you look for your identity? Expressive individualism says you look inside yourself, inside yourself. But Christianity says no, sure, inside yourself, but also to your relationships, also to your story. How do you look for your identity? Thanks, uh, brother. Expressive individualism says you create, create your own identity. Christian identity says no, you, you discover who God made you to be. Third one. How do you live out your identity? Expressive individualism says, express to the world who you feel you are on the inside. Whereas Christianity says, no, no, you, you please the God who loves you. That's the purpose of life. And then final contrast. How do we live together? Expressive individualism says, society should help people express who they are or who they feel they are on the inside. But Christian identity says that society should help us to live godly lives in peace and justice. Okay. 
I acknowledge that's complicated. I acknowledge that that is theoretical. I can see people's eyes rolling into the back of their heads. There's really just, really just one thing I want you to get from this, okay? These are big differences. This is two entirely different worldviews. It's a completely different understanding of who God is. It's a completely different understanding of what reality is. It's a completely different understanding of what humans are. It's a completely different understanding of what human flourishing is. It's a completely different understanding of what society should be doing. Can you see, these are massive contrasts. And so when we deal with the kind of the pointy end, which particularly at the moment is around sexuality and gender, that's the topic that we're dealing with, but behind that topic are these enormous Enormous differences, entirely different worldviews. Okay, so that's going to bring us to our second point. Second point, if we understand that these are two very, very different worldviews, how might that help us to understand and engage with our culture? You understand what we're going to do now? How can this help us as we live in this society? I reckon there are two things that can help us with. Uh, firstly, I think it can help us to understand how society perceives us. And second, I think it can give us some ideas about how to engage. So if you're like me, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, if you're like me, you have the sense that more and more people just don't get Christianity. It just doesn't make any sense to them anymore. Or, or you feel that society is finding Christianity less acceptable. More and more people view Christians as immoral, as intolerant, as bad for society. Do, do, you, do you have that sense that that's increasing in our, in our culture? Well, I think that grasping the, the, the contrast between expressive individualism and Christianity can help us. Firstly, as I say, it can help us because it can give us a sense of how it is that other people perceive us. So the big issue now where Christians are out of step with culture is around sexuality and gender. Christians are criticised for being, people say that we're homophobic, that's the word that people use, isn't it? That we're against homosexuals, that we're against transgender people. But let's just try to understand what is going on in the mind of an expressive individualist as they feel that way about us. Now, in our modern culture, since the work of people like Sigmund Freud, sexuality is seen as central to identity. It's seen as something that exists very early on in childhood, this is really only an idea that, that has, has come, come about since Freud, that, that sexuality is something that happens in your childhood. And it's seen as very essential to your identity, your sexuality. As people look inside themselves, then as they seek to find their identity, they'll perceive their, their identity as being, for example, homosexual. Or I'm a man in a woman's body or something like that. That's what they think is their identity. And so according to expressive individualism, the best way that they can live, the most healthy, most authentic thing they can do is to live that out, express to the world who they are on the inside. Now, along comes a Christian. And the Christian says, homosexuality is wrong. Or, God made people male and female. Being transgender is wrong. Or they say, the government should not allow same-sex marriage. Or they say schools should not teach that homosexuality and transgender are good. Okay. In view of what we've seen about these two entirely different worldviews, let's try to put ourselves into the mind of an, expressive, of an expressive individualist and understand how they're perceiving that Christian. 
The Christian says, God says homosexuality is wrong. And the Christian thinks, as they're saying that, that we're talking about truth. Reality that God has created. That's not what the expressive individualist hears. The expressive individualist hears us saying, my opinion is better than yours and I'm going to force you to conform. Because it's not about truth, it's about power. Uh, When a Christian says, um, God says homosexuality is sinful, we think we're discussing behaviour. Men having sex with men or women having sex with women. But what does the expressive individualist hear? They hear us talking about identity. Your identity is invalid and I hate you, is what they hear. Or when a Christian says, the government should not allow same-sex marriage, we think we're making for a better society, helping people to live in line with what God wants for them. But what does the expressive individualist hear us saying? We don't want to allow you to express outwardly who you are on the inside. What they hear is us thwarting people from living authentically, thwarting people from flourishing, and that is the very opposite of what a society should do. You're starting to get an inkling then of how we are perceived. We think we're talking theology and truth and and ideas. They think we hate them. They think we are imposing these repressive rules on society that will not allow people to live authentically. You get a sense then of why people think we are so bad for society now. The people who disagree with us, they're not disagreeing with us because they're more evil or sinful. They're not disagreeing with us because they're more stupid. In the context of their worldview, their understanding of God and reality and humanity and society and what, what makes society work, they're trying to do the best thing in the context of their worldview. And in the context of their worldview, the stuff that we say is harmful, it's oppressive, and it's stopping people from living authentic lives. This is just my theory, but I reckon, I reckon this is why there is such a massive focus in our society on child sexual abuse in churches. If you turn on the news, you will never hear a story about how a church is gathering to worship God each week and and loving their community and giving to charity. You'll never, ever hear that on the news. The only thing you'll ever hear on the news is about how priests abuse children or something like that. Why is that? Well, here's my theory. Expressive individuals believe that by imposing rules of sexual behaviour on ourselves, we are failing to express outwardly who we truly are on the inside We're being inauthentic, we're being unhealthy, we're being repressed. And so the idea that with Christians it kind of bursts out into child abuse, it it nicely feeds the narrative. We abuse children because we're repressed by our life-denying rules. Can you see how, if you understand the differences between expressive individualism and Christian identity, it can help us understand how we're perceived by our culture? And hopefully that can help us just to be a bit more empathetic. It's not that people hate us. As we get a sense of where they're coming from, we can understand why they think about us like that. Yeah? All right. I think also that it can give us some clues about how we might engage with our culture. So the presenting issues that we're facing today, homosexuality, transgender and so on, they're symptoms we can see now of much deeper differences between Christians and our society. 
different view of God, of reality, of identity, of the goal of life, of society, whole different worldview. And I think if we understand that, it, it might help us to, to connect a little bit better. It might. Again, if we take the issue of homosexuality, it's not going to connect with our culture for us to say homosexuality is an abomination. Try it at work or uni tomorrow. It's, 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 it's not going to connect with people. Okay? Or with the issue of transgender to just say it's a failure to come to terms with reality. It's insanity. It's not going to work. But if we understand that this issue is part of a much bigger worldview clash, it might help us to just ask broader questions. Let's, let's go back to our four points then and think about what sort of questions might they lead us to ask. Let's just take one example. Um, a man uh, claiming that he's a woman in a man's body. Okay? So, what are some of the differences? Where do you look for your identity? That was the first big difference we saw. What are some questions we might ask? What about... Um, how do you know that who you feel you are on the inside is who you really are? Why is that the place that you look for your identity? Why, would, why is what you feel on the inside more real than your body? Don't understand why that question is coming at it from a different angle? Or we could talk about questions about how to look for your identity. The second thing. Um, do you think we can just invent who we are? Or is there something objectively real about us? What if God made you? What if there is a God and he made you? Would he know better than you what is the best way to live? We could talk about God. Or questions about how to live out your identity. If you feel that your body doesn't match your inner self, why is it your body that has to change? Why can't you change your inner self? Is that unchangeable? If you created it, why can't you change it? Or questions about how to live together. Um, if other people think you're a man but you think you're a woman, how do you know you're right and they're wrong? You see, it's, it, it, it's addressing the issue, but it's addressing all these other issues that are behind, the, the worldview questions. Now, I should say uh, a couple of things. Uh, firstly, if we are dealing with people who are... Um, suffering with gender dysphoria or people who are, homosexual, who are homosexuals, we just we do need to be careful. We're dealing with vulnerable people. We're dealing with people who often have all kinds of mental health issues associated, depression and anxiety and that kind of stuff. We just want to be careful and kind to people like that, not, not be bullies who are trying to win arguments. And, and then a second thing to remember is expressive individualism, it, it's, it's deeply ingrained into our culture. People don't think about this stuff. Most people have got no idea what expressive individualism is. They just assume it's right from having watched TV all their lives. <laughs> so, so don't expect that arguments are going to necessarily win the day because we're dealing with deeply held assumptions rather than considered opinions. All right. It might help us to ask more broad questions as we engage with people. But the point that I most want us to, most want us to get is this. As we've understood what expressive individualism is, and as we've understood what Christian identity is, I hope you've come away from that going, I'm really glad I'm a Christian. I hope you've come away from it going, knowing Jesus is really a precious and a beautiful thing. Our culture perceives Christianity as oppressive and life-denying and negative, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, but... 
When you put these two things together, it's actually a really beautiful thing, Christian identity, isn't it? And in fact, if anything, I would say that it's expressive individualism that's quite oppressive. If I'm left to have to look inside for my identity, it leaves me with all sorts of troubling questions. How do I know who I am? What if I get it wrong? What if I create the wrong person? If I just make it up, if I create who I am, why does that have any validity? And how can you tell me that it's authentic living to live out who I feel I am on the inside? If I don't know who I am, or if I just made that up, how can me making it up then be authentic? Um, What if I don't like who I am on the inside? Am I stuck with that? Why do I have to be authentic? What if being authentic makes my life worse? What if I have a happier life by just changing whoever I'm with, depending on the person I'm with? There's all these troubling questions that are associated with expressive individualism. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've gone, it is such a relief to be a Christian. Knowing my own value and identity in Jesus is liberating. How precious to be God's beloved child through Jesus. How precious to be a uniquely created individual in rich relationships as part of the body of Christ and destined with you for eternal glory with God. That is a beautiful, joyful identity. It is a life-affirming, hopeful, purposeful identity. Isn't it? Isn't it? And I think if we can grasp that, first of all, I think it'll give us a confidence and a joy. But second, I think if we can grasp that and somehow share that joy with people, I think it'd be a really positive way for us to engage with our culture. I think if our culture saw joyful, purposeful Christians, it'd make a difference. It's like the Apostle Peter said in our Bible reading today, and I noticed we also did it in our Bible study this week as well, which is a nice coincidence. He says... um, what does he say? Always be prepared to give an answer. To, always be prepared to give an answer to the people who ask you for the hope that you have. What I love about that is the assumption is people look at you and go, "Wow, you're really hopeful." Why is that? I was talking to a mate the other day, and he went to a school reunion. And during the reunion, a man came up to him, and he said this. He said. I've talked to everyone here tonight, all the people we went to school with, and you and another guy who also comes to our church, you're the only ones I can see who have any joy in their lives. You seem to have a deep sense of purpose and hope. Is that because you're a Christian? I I reckon if we can live differently, if we can enjoy life with thanks to God, if we can endure suffering with trust in God, if we can grieve death with hope in God, if we can live out our Christian identity in front of the world, I think it could make a difference, at least in our little corner with the people that we know. And friends, that's the thought I want to leave you with. If you're a Christian, you have a glorious identity, something to delight in, so delight in it and joyfully live it out in front of our culture. Let's pray and then we'll come to questions. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the Lord Jesus. We thank and praise you that... He's lived and died and risen again for us so that united with him we have a new and an eternal life. We have a hope and a purpose that we're joined together in rich relationship in his body and that we're your beloved children. How precious, how delightful that is. Help us to enjoy that. Help us to joyfully live it out in front of our friends and our family. 
that we might commend the Lord Jesus so that they too might find this delightful identity in him. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.